0: This is our uh, new podcast called Blacked Up. Um, I am Dr. Curtis Taylor. I am an educator, a researcher, and um, somewhat of an activist. We are here today to talk on this podcast, to introduce a new podcast about um, my friendship with friends for over 10 years and not only that talking about how as friends and how uh, as professionals we have been navigating our world through um, being black and through the inequities that we see and face every day because of our blackness and so I want to go ahead and introduce um, our fellow co-hosts here so go ahead y'all
1: Hello, my name is Lucy Liu and I am a young lady who lives in the upstate South Carolina and I work in the education field.
2: Hey y'all, my name is LaCoya. I am a BBW from the Midlands and I work. Okay, my name
3: is T. Uh, Some people call me Nia. I'm in the business industry and it's nice to meet you guys.
4: What's up, you guys? My name is Brandon LaPrice. Um, I am an educator in the upstate South Carolina. I'm a school building administrator. I look forward to working with you guys.
0: All right. So, <clears throat> these are all our co-hosts. And, and, and like I said before, we are all friends. We have been friends for a while, y'all. We've been friends for over 10 years, right? 10 years. That's amazing. Yeah. And so... um most of us have met in college. I think most of us met in college, and then Lucy and I met when we were in high school, our sophomore year in high school.
4: What? Um,
0: and so, <laughs> so we, we had just been friends, but we also, throughout our friendships, we noticed that we all have various, uh, different perspectives with each other, but also, um we also share the same journey of being black individuals who are very, you know, very much our professionals. Um, We are well-educated and, and we also see like how the world is taking place right now and and the events that are going on right now. Um, So we want to talk about currently what's happening in the world of George Floyd and what's happening with that as well as we have seen, um, the Maude Aubrey uh, case, where he was pretty much lynched um, in, in 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 his own neighborhood. Um, so let's talk about what's going on. How are you guys feeling? Like what's 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 on top of your head right now?
2: it? Stress. I'm just really heavy, like my feelings. I'm very much so in my feelings. I'm really sensitive. Anyway, but this this what's going on is is a making me feel real heavy. I like to be kind of like light in my way, but, um, this is like extremely heavy for me, not just like what happened, but also the trauma of seeing it and then seeing it over and over and over. And then also the trauma of, you know, uh, discovering some things about the people who I'm around, the people who I presumed were like-minded and, um, And that's also been troubling.
4: I also think that it's been very troubling because we look at our experiences and we realize that we have so many people who are going through things. They've gone through it in silence because of their professions, because um, of where they live or because of the aspirations they have. And they feel that they can't utilize their voice because they don't want to be shunned. They don't want it to stop them from getting something that's better for them, whether, whether it's a promotion, whether it's how they're going to be viewed in the workplace. And I think just being—it's been interesting hearing everyone's story um, because a lot of times you have people in your lives you don't realize they've gone through um, racial profiling, they've been through um, different things that have to do with the police or to do with race. So it's just—it's really eye-opening, but it's also disheartening because it's 2020 and we're still dealing with the same racial issues, and it's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And the lack of justice is just overwhelming. It's—it's hard to believe that. A person can kill someone in broad daylight, and there's no repercussions. And I guess even the most disheartening thing about that is, we talk about you know technology. But if it wasn't for technology, if it wasn't for our cameras on our phones, a lot of this information, a lot of these scenarios, a lot of these incidents would not even be heard of because it's been swept under the rug. So it's just, it's, it's breathtaking. It really is breathtaking at this point.
1: It's really stressful as well, just because, um, of course, I'm going to go to the mental health side of it. We consume so much and I've had to take breaks off of social media and I hardly ever watch the news just because I do feel like it's full of fear and negativity, but I've had to shut down everything just to kind of give my brain a break because you become so, um wrapped up in emotions that it starts affecting you and i've had Mm -hmm. headaches because i'm reading and i felt powerless like what could i do and those feelings do not feel good because i'm tired of it and of course i'm just like anyone else i want justice i want to change but it is hard trying to figure out what can we do um i feel like we lack a true leader during these times so it is it's so many people with all these emotions and all this energy and a lot of us don't have a way to try to you know get it out um so it's been very frustrating very sad um i've been angry i've cried my heart has hurt so it's just been a very infuriating and sad um as well as an eye-opening experience i agree with you all
2: You know, one thing that you said, Lucy, like you were saying, like, what can we do? And I think that's such a dual question because you have to ask yourself, like, what should I do also? Like, it's not so much like, what do I have the ability to do? Because that's one question by itself. But then it's also, what should I be doing? Like, is it really okay for me to like express how angry I feel? Should I be doing that? Yeah, I can you know, go down and, and set a police car on fire. But should I do that? And yeah, I think that's right. the duality that Black people deal with all the time. Like what I can do versus what I should do.
4: Right. Knowing how to channel those emotions and channel channel them the correct way, because we don't want to go out and reinforce stereotypes. But at the same time, what do you do when you've done everything that you felt was the right, the legal, the positive way to look at it? How do you handle a situation situation? And how do you progress forward after you've been oppressed for so long? Um, and you feel like there was no justice. It's like, I feel like at this point we're watching on the news, we're seeing the rioting, we're seeing the looting. And I feel like people, they, their back has been pinned against the wall. Like I know nothing else to do. I have no other outlet. Condoning the behaviors, not um, excusing the behaviors. But I just feel like at that point, we have so many people who are so angry and they know nothing. They know no other way except just to retaliate.
2: I agree. Like How many how many songs are we supposed to sing? How right. many, how many? So how many knees we supposed to take? You they were mad when mean. we were on a knee, yeah. on one knee. Yeah. Now you mad if we sing it. Now you're mad if we do something else. I think that's right. insane to me. And um to say that uh, you know, we should be let's just be quiet and nod our heads and you know, whatever. No, why you on kill time. us? Like right. you're killing us, and you're mad about a TV. That's crazy.
1: Stuff that can be replaced. You're more angry about material than a man who lost his life, a wife who lost her husband, you know, kids who lost their father, family who lost their family. And to me, it's just mind boggling how people focus on the riots. And I've seen this quote that says, you know, people rather diagnose the symptom, which is the the right, than look at the true cause of it. They don't want to look at the root cause of why people are rioting.
0: And I think yeah. until- let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about the root cause for just a minute uh I think it, you brought up a beautiful point lucy there so what what is the root cause so what is viewing what is creating all of this this frustration and all this anger that's uh that we are seeing from a lot of these young people who are going out and protesting
1: injustice racism it's- ignorance. It's-
3: it's- 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 the yes. law that's already in place, like, if y'all ever watched Ava DuVernay's 13th, it talks about it, how, you know, the 13th Amendment, like, it's, you know, yeah, it's saying we free, but you, you made one mistake, depending on what you, you did, you can go to jail for 40 years over something stupid, like something minor.
4: Right.
3: You know, it's, it's a setup. I mean, you can't being black and then doing something and being white and that white person does the same thing, it's, it's not fair. Like it's. And
4: the thing you know, is the accusation of doing something that was illegal. And the thing about it, you don't even have an opportunity to go to court to get that due process because you're, you don't even make it to the jail cell because you're killed right there like a dog in the street. So I think that's the part that is infuriating because we're not getting the same opportunities. We're not getting the same due process. We're not getting the same, um, Human rights that everyone else is
3: because they you know some of these people that's getting arrested they keep pushing back they they uh trial dates on purpose like the system's so backed up like oh we we couldn't get to this case because uh we don't have enough lawyers you know our lawyers went on vacation or uh, our lawyers got so many cases they backed up that's not our problem right. Due process is due process. Y'all need to push them through like you would a white person. Or like the Khalif
1: um But this
0: bro- is a this is Go ahead, Lucy.
1: I was gonna say kind of like the Khalif um Browder story so bro- where yeah, Browder, excuse me, um they recanted their statement. The person said, Oh, it wasn't him, and he still stayed in jail all of that time in solitary confinement. Right. And it just there was so many examples of injustice and systematic racism and just the shows how things just are not in our favor. He's one yes. of the many names and, and we're just-
3: Right. So how y'all feel about? I know going back a little bit, we were talking about people not looking at the real root cause of the situation; they just looking at you know the outcome. So how you feel about like black celebrities getting pissed off about their storefronts getting uh, looted or damaged, and, and telling people to keep their, you know butts at home because they
2: messing up their stuff? How y'all feel about that? It's raggedy to me. I feel like if anybody should understand the Black experience is Black celebrities. And I mean, I don't, I know a lot of people disagree with like the rioting and the looting and, and whatever, but on some level, even the people who don't understand it or don't agree with it can understand it. You understand what it's like to be like angry and what it's like to be this upset. Like they're literally killing us. You know, this is not even, this goes beyond basic human rights. And so, of course, people are angry. And so when they get angry, they don't pull stuff up. I saw a thing, I think it was on Facebook, and it was like, you know, if if a little girl has been, you know, abused in some way, whenever something triggers her, she might act up. She might start crying. She might act out. And nobody questions it. But we are all as a community we're triggered and so we're acting out and that's to be expected. Like you wouldn't think twice if it was anybody else, if it was, you know, if Karen get mad, can I use the K word? If Karen gets mad about her Starbucks, nobody's going to blink an eye if she start acting up talking, I need to see a manager right now, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we are collectively all triggered. And so there is going to be some acting out. I'm glad. I mean, For the Black celebrities, hope you got insurance.
4: And I think even to piggyback off of that, I heard that the CEO of Target, um, a lot of people look for him to be upset about the store that um, that was damaged in Minneapolis. But he actually said that he supported the cause and that the store can be replaced. Um, Once again, not condoning the rioting, not condoning the looting. Um, And I'm trying to figure out, I understand the purpose, because from what I was told, what I did my research and then talk having conversations with people, um, the understanding of the purpose of them looting and rioting at Target was because after the um the protesters were affected by tear gas, um, their eyes, of course, are irritated and they said that using milk can actually stop the irritation. Um and they went to go to Target to get Milk for relief, of course, and I heard they were denied milk. And my thing is, how can someone deny a customer, customer service, or a product, um, regardless of what it is, but regardless of what the situation is? And I heard that's the reason why they uh, why they um, looted and rioted and basically destroyed the Target. Um, so I can definitely respect the CEO Target for that comment. Um, and I just wish that I wish they didn't have to go this far. But I can say at the same time, I understand the frustration. I just so then I want
0: to push. A, I want to push a question to to get you guys your opinions on this because we we see the the protests are happening um, and rightfully so. Like I I totally agree with you. Everyone is very upset. Everyone is very angry, and even you know. There was a quote on Twitter that from Martin Luther King is of saying, like, when voices have been unheard, this is what happens, right? Um, when your voices have been silenced, this is what happened. So now with this going on, we know that the main, the main root of this is racism. And we know that the racism plays out into institutional racism that plays out into the policies that make up our government, that makes up our justice system, that makes up our education system, that makes up all of these different things. So with this, with what's going on in the world right now with the protests, do you see this actually propelling a change that will then create more anti-racist policies for our nature?
2: I think that it has to. I believe that historically, Mm -hmm. I think that um, there is violence behind um, any kind of real, uh, real progression. And so and I know that the the backlash is, well, MLK, he sat down and they killed him. (laughs) <laughs> but the but the thing is that like the civil rights movement, like our country did not take notice of MLK. The reason why the civil rights movement moved forward is because the Soviet Union said, look at what's wrong with capitalism. Capitalism breeds racism. And so it was the pressure put on by the Soviet Union that made the United States say, Oh, well, let me change something. It wasn't because we were sitting down. In a in a whites only cafeteria, it was because the Soviet Union saw that saw this as a flaw of democracy, and that's what moved them. It was not <laughs> sitting down in the whites only cafeteria.
0: I feel like it. I feel like it goes deeper than that, Tarkoyek, because I mean, I do I totally agree with you. Is the idea of capitalism because our bodies, black bodies, mm-hmm. were we were we were livestock, we were. We were a crop, right? We were sold, and we were uh, had a we had a um, price tag to our bodies, mm-hmm. and and with that, that came. So after we, you know, slavery had ended, then there is uh, segregation, Jim Crow laws that kept us from being able to access all, you know, the the right tools, the best schools, the best materials and, and all of this. So we became second-class citizens Mm -hmm. here in in America. And I think we're getting to the point that we're tired of being considered second-class citizens. We're tired of being oppressed. Mm -hmm. And we're also tired of people killing us for our skin color and treating us like we're animals. And so I, I feel, I feel like, this is what's being heard and this is what um you know with our our white allies, you know, hopefully we do have some white allies who are out there helping us. I have seen them seen them in the news and seen them on the streets. This is what you guys need to understand. You need to understand this is years. Right. Years of pent up energy, years of being tired, years of being sick. Um and so this is this is what's happening and this is what why it's coming about.
4: And I think even a lot of our people, our counterparts, they are not aware of what the struggle is like. Um, I was just in... Um, They're
3: not the trying politics. to care either. They're not
4: trying to learn or figure out. Yeah, exactly. Out. I think a lot of them, because racism is one of those things. Like, it's certain things you don't talk about in the workplace. You don't talk about um, sex. You don't talk about racism. And you don't talk about politics. Um, um, so why not
0: talk about racism in
4: the Exactly. Workplace? Because it's so taboo and it can be so controversial. And you don't talk about that in
0: promotion. But I feel
4: like... When we but, don't, then
0: you're, but don't you see that as a... It's like a paradox, right? You're an educator. Right, exactly. So if you're educating the new generation and you want the new generation to create this better world, why is racism off the table for you to talk about with exactly. you your colleagues? Because I also want exactly.
4: to keep my lights on. I feel like... And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about um, in the educational world altogether. I feel like a lot of times people don't talk about it because nobody wants to step on anybody's toes. And I also feel like sometimes... They don't know what to say. But I think having that conversation, because I remember I had a conversation with the school librarian and just sharing my experience. And she looked like I never knew that. I never knew that you went through that. I never knew that she was exposed to that. I never knew that side. So I think the more we engage in those conversations, like as I was saying, I think the more we have those conversations, it's going to bring awareness. It's going to really give them a different outlook and a different opinion and different perspective. Of what we actually go through because it's not easy being black in America. Mm-hmm. Because we, have, we feel like we is we feel like we have to try and conform to the ways of our society. Look at how we do our hair. A lot of times, if you have wear, wear certain hairstyles, you won't be accepted. Look at how we dress. At the same time, America thrives off of our culture. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's something. It's worth the conversation. It's worth being able to just engage in a dialogue and let people understand this is what it's like being a black man. As I was saying earlier, I went in the mall on Friday with some of my coworkers, and it's crazy because we were at Bath and Body Works, and they were like, they were only allowing so many people in the store at the time, and they also said you don't have a personal shopper. And one of them said, I don't want nobody to follow me around the store the whole time I go around the store. And I'm thinking, here I am. I go through that every time. I go in the store. People are always looking at me and trying to figure out what is he doing, where is he going now? What's he going to take? Is he going to take something? Let me clutch my purse. Let me make sure I'm watching my kids. And I'm looking like, I don't want nothing from you. I'm in here shopping like you are. But I feel like, until we engage in those conversations and let people know, this is what our experiences is like. This is what our lifestyles are like. A lot of times, they, they walk in ignorance. I don't want to say stupidity or dumbness. It's just a, not knowing because they've never been exposed to it. No one's ever taken the time to sit down and have that conversation. And pick you, can so
1: I so pay you of that? Uh, uh-oh, go ahead, Togoya. Uh uh-uh, uh you go ahead. I go next. I was gonna say the piggyback off of that. Um, a lot of times as professional black people, our counterparts don't think we've had those experiences because we're seen as the good black people. When they don't realize outside of the workplace and outside of our roles and um uh, where people know us, we're seen as just another black person. My first name, my, right. my yep. name brings a lot of attention. And you know, y'all know my name right. and Um, I have a very ethnic first name. And so I've had to explain oh you go by lucy for convenience i don't go by lucy for convenience i go by lucy because my grandma thought it was a cute name of a song and they've called me that since i came out of hospital and so it's just things like that to where when i shared my facebook post um yesterday which was the first time i've ever spoken about anything political or racial on my facebook page i've had a lot of my white counterparts like reach out to me um One text me and was trying to make sure I was okay. Then I had another white counterpart um, message me in an app and just, you know, they showed the true concern and they expressed their frustration with their, you know, within their race about they're tired of white people not seeing the true issue. So I definitely think we have allies, but I do think there's a lot of education. There is a lot of conversations that need to be had.
4: And like you say, a lot of times it's because they simply do not know Like because they look at us and they say, oh, you're successful. You're quiet. You know, you know how to conduct yourself. You know how to talk um, and articulate yourself. But at the same time, you have people. I can walk in Walmart. they will move from a can of paint. You know how many degrees I have behind my name. I can walk down my street. I live in a you know, predominantly white neighborhood. And they look at me as a threat because of how tall I am because of the color of my skin, not knowing where I work, not knowing you know, how I conduct myself in business, not knowing how I conduct myself as an individual, not knowing my walk with God. They just look at me as, oh, that's a black guy. And like you said, a lot of times people don't think we've had those experiences because when I was in high school, I went to predominantly white, uh, white high school. I was the, the token child in the um, honors classes. I was the only black person in you know, those classes. So if I wasn't the only black, I was the only black male. So I think it's just, they don't realize we had those experiences because of how we conduct ourselves and how we carry ourselves. Do
3: you have any thoughts on that? You
0: say what now? I was saying, you got any thoughts on
3: that? I mean, yeah, I agree with I, uh, I agree with Brandon, he right. Um, you know, and then if, in school, you know, like you said, you're mostly in a room full of you know, white people, and they think you, you know, not a threat, or they may look at you as a threat, but they think you're one of the good ones, so, you know. Or but, they think
1: you're the voice of all black people. That's what I ran into in grad school. Right. i was the only black person but you know, in my program.
3: But, you know, I think it's based on how you look, too. What you mean? Like, they, and what I mean by that is, like, how you? They do look at how you dress, and you know they look at your height and your size and stuff like that. So I'm a petite woman, so they might look at me like, "Oh, she's she's petite. She's nice. You know, she's you know she's in our class, and so she has to be smart. You know, she's not a threat to us. She's just really smart. You know, whatever." Not knowing that, you know, you know, you if I go to the store is-
1: or something, that may be a different story, right? Yeah. They don't look at that, and that's what I try to make people understand is like, okay, yes, you have taken the time to get to know me, so you know who I am, but people out in the street, a lot of them are not going to lend me the same courtesy. They're not trying to get, and that's a part of the issue, people not trying to learn and not trying to open their mind to see you know, what's behind the skin color, because just being seen as black, that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just our skin color stops a lot of conversations that we right. had
0: so so now that the protests i believe uh i think we're in our third day third or fourth day of the protests um happening do Are you see do you, you see this around? yeah do you see this actually creating change? Or will this make change?
3: I see it's definitely making people who wanted to ignore the issue. They have to face the issue Mm -hmm. now because, you know, usually they'll get on, you know, you'll make a few memes or you'll, you know, you'll see a lot of posts about you know, somebody got shot and killings in the world. They'll scroll right by it. Now everybody talking about it. You get on Facebook. You get on Instagram. You get on Yahoo. You know, to check your email. You get on Google to check your Gmail or whatever. Everybody talking about it. And I saw earlier
4: well, in Ireland and South Africa. Like it's not right. just. In, it's
3: so they forced. To, to, everywhere. To, they're forced to recognize it like even though they don't want to admit it you know how many people making ignorant posts getting they fired right right. on right. Right? where where I live at somebody made a little ignorant post and they, it got reported to the HO department and they gone I mean people really think like they can say what they want to say yeah you got a first amendment right to say what you want to say but you better be careful about what you say when, when it yeah. comes to calling people names and being racist Ignorant but remarks. I, I
1: that- Oh, go ahead, Brenda. Pretty good. I was just going to say, I think that this situation happened in the middle of, you know, this global pandemic. Everything is shut down. So people don't really have as many distractions as we had prior. So a lot of people are stuck in the house. And uh, again, this situation is everywhere. So there are a lot of people with pent up emotions, you know, stemming from past situations like this where we haven't gotten the rightful conventions and the the, the prosecutions My that we were looking for on top of everything that's going on. And we're in, in the middle of quarantine and people are upset because some people got a twelve hundred dollar stimulus check and that ain't helped none of their issues. So I do think that this mm-hmm. situation also has come at a very crucial time in our world, and it's getting a lot more attention. I do feel this is going to bring some change. I think people are starting to understand the importance of getting out and voting. So I, I do think this will bring some change.
3: Right, because people are already frustrated. You know, some people already then lost their job and got laid off, furloughed, and then they only want to give a $1,200 stimulus check. Like, most people rent is $1,200. 800 to $1,200, like, what the heck? You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously? Well, people are already frustrated. They probably got kids. They probably trying to feed their kids, feed themselves, keep the lights on, keep the water running. And then y'all want to, you know, these cops want to pull this but Trick or this man minding his business. Like I, just, I just don't understand.
2: It really pisses me off. It really does. Yep. I mean, it's, Never been it's a really lot of And then is what's so crazy to me is when you have the the statement that we're making is stop killing us. How can there be any right. response to that except you write? <laughs> like how could there be any other response it's like hey stop killing us and the response is well what did he do it don't matter what he did okay. i hate when people try to victim shame people like
3: oh well what 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 did he do to cause this situation it don't freaking matter you don't put your knee in nobody freaking neck point blank period mm-hmm. what, happened
1: to process? what happened to do exactly. process exactly i the I don't care what he did because we have seen it time and time again that white people who have murdered multiple people have been treated with far multiple. more respect and dignity and humanity than this man. Exactly. Dylan Roof got Burger
2: King. Come on. I say that. He's shown Come up De got God Burger King. King.
4: And he's still alive. And he's still alive. And he's
2: still
1: alive. Now, we want to talk about
4: what they do. He, he killed multiple people. And in he's a still church. alive. In a church.
2: In a church. He and he told you why he did. it? The worst. He, he, started with he, he, racist, he said he was a He said
4: straight up. And he's still alive.
0: Yeah, we, we have definitely seen, like in the media, where there's a difference, where when, you know, white individuals, when they are approached by the police, it seems mm-hmm. to be that they, we, we didn't see that the police have a little bit more, um, Restraint or follow the protocol in how to to take down their um, the criminal their assailant um, however you want to call it but then when you get to see when the when a nation finally gets to see because I don't think we we've seen these before we've seen the Philando Castro we've seen the Sandra Bland video we've seen all of this before and I think now like Lucy what you're saying because now we're like at a pause okay. like. People are paused now. Uh, we get to see it and really deal with it, right? And really have to take it in and really have to eat and chew on it. So, like, the, I think, what's her name? The, the Amy Cooper video with her where she was just yelling in the phone, making a false claim. Attempted murder is movies. what that
2: was. Attempted murder is what she did. Right. Because he could have
1: been the next hashtag of a right. black man. He was not given.
3: It could have been completely
4: left, right. Yeah, which well, that, that was very,
0: him. which that was very similar to Emmett Till, right? That yeah. was when I when no. I saw it. It was reminiscent of Emmett Till of someone this this young making white lady, lady making a claim, making a false claim against this young this um, black man, and we saw what happened with the Emmett Till case, and then years at, later, before she died, that woman died on her bed. She said that boy didn't do anything to her. He didn't deserve it and he didn't deserve what was that was given to him. And so that's when I saw that, that's what it reminded me of. It made me reflect on that situation. And so our nation, our nation is upset. Our nation, our nation is now feeling the pain of the metastatic cancer that has been in this nation for years over 400 years, built off uh, an idea of racial hierarchy that says to someone that I am more powerful or more superior than you, and you are below me. And I'm going to create systems that keep you to feel like you're below me and to keep you in your place. And so now we're getting to a point where we're about to pop. We're about to blow up on this. And so I think what we should do, and we're about to run out out of our time here, is that we got to continue to keep our hope alive. We have to continue to fight for, um, against these racist policies. Yes, for justice. We have to fight for creating anti-racist policies and and be stewards of anti-racism and, And so we have to start thinking about how do we do that as a nation, um, people of color, as well as our white allies together. Um, So my friends here, do you guys want to say a last word before we go? No, let's
3: just say keep pressing on. Yeah, definitely get registered to vote. Go out and vote. I know we got some uh, primaries going on next week. Um, in the month of June. So definitely do that or the second week in June, whatever. But definitely get out and vote. Uh, keep pressing on. Keep putting, you know, putting these people in their place. If they say something wrong. You need to call them out on their BS. And also, uh, just make sure you stay prayed up and continue to work on your mental health because this stuff can make you go crazy. We don't want you to do that. Just, you know, stay prayed up.
4: I would say Be vigilant. Um, be watchful because we don't want to see any more hashtags. You know what I'm saying? Like just make sure that you're watching your back. Make sure that you're, you know, taking those safety precautions and don't be afraid to speak up. Uh, cause a lot of times it's the lack of awareness, the lack of knowing. It's, that's the ignorance that we're facing right now. So don't be afraid to speak up and tell your story. Um, and don't also be afraid to be an, ag- an advocate for others. So make sure you're speaking up and you're telling their story. Don't be afraid to put your phones and see when you see injustice. Don't be afraid to stand up and speak out on injustice.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, be smart. You can protest and make your voice heard in ways that does not result in you getting hurt. Um, vote in your local primaries, as Tania said. Get registered and vote. Make your voice heard. That's one of the best ways to make a change is by beating up you know, the, the issues that we don't like in the voting booth. That's where the difference is going to be made. But be smart and be safe. And don't forget, we can run, too, for these
3: offices, especially these uh, lower-level offices, like in the county, or the city, things like that. You know, don't be afraid to run for office. You never know. You got my vote, T. All right.
0: (laughs) All right. And I think that's a wonderful, like, conversation here that came to an end that was beautiful uh, everyone thank you so much for listening to our first uh, this is our pilot podcast and so we had a whole different topic but we wanted to kind of diverge and think about this topic that was more touching and more relevant to our lives right now and so on the behalf of um, our first episode with you guys we love you um, thank you for listening to Blacked Up talk to you later Blacked Up